little touch pass there. Benson waiting, cuts in, he scores! Oh my! Into the middle, holding, back, Toporowski shooting, shot block, got it back, shot, score! Center of pass forward, of stop, shot, back to play, score! In front, Groove scores! Jaden Groove scores the triple overtime winner. Hey, for our Portland listeners here on Pucklandia, I want to invite you into the, the official pregame spot for the Pucklandia podcast, which is Cartside just north of the rink on uh on williams there and they have you know a number of cart pods but what's really cool is the uh, cantina there and if you mentioned that you listen to the show you'll get happy hour pricing and you know the, the so the game friday night against swift current pride night should be a, a fun one to stop in there on, on on the way to the rink if, if you if you're so inclined and then also uh sunday against spokane but but yeah, if you mention that you listen to the to the, to the Pucklandia podcast, you'll get uh, you get a deal on on beers, which uh, you know it, it it ain't bad, and we we appreciate the the support that they give us. Welcome into WHL Unfiltered, and also Pucklandia in this case. Uh, pleased to be joined by my co-host Sean Mullen, a Swift Current Saskatchewan, and also by Jeff McLean, the co-founder of pride tape from edmonton alberta how's uh how's things going for you up uh, up in edmonton there jeff things are terrific chad thanks so much for for taking the time with me today it's our it's our seventh anniversary today of pride tape so it's an exciting day oh, i didn't i didn't i didn't realize that though this is a a special day for for pride tape maybe maybe that's a good place to start i mean you know how did how did this project come about, you know, seven years ago? Like, you know, what were the kind of what were the beginnings of, of uh, Pride Tape? Well, I'd first say don't worry about it, Chad. I didn't know it was the seventh anniversary till Instagram told me this morning, too. So, you know, uh, it, it's been sometimes a bit of a blur. But uh, I work for a marketing firm, uh, Calder Bateman Communications in Edmonton uh, years ago, and we worked with... Uh, Dr. Chris Wells at the University of Alberta at the time. Uh, we worked on several projects. One of them was uh, an idea that uh, my colleague Pierre had, which was called NoHomophobes.com, which scraped homophobic tweets in real time off Twitter uh, and basically put them out there, held it up as a mirror to show the public how prevalent this hate was online, uh, specifically on social media. Um, but what happened was, is when we were testing the site and, and monitoring what was going on and with the research, uh, we discovered that uh, homophobic tweets spiked in real time um, during major sporting events. Um, so NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, and and baseball as well as as well as the granddaddy of them all, the Super Bowl, which is coming up. So homophobic language was spiking. Uh, we were monitoring that, and we decided we needed to do something 
in and around homophobia in sports and, and address that and address the the locker room culture that we were hearing from uh, from our friends in the sport at all levels and and uh, so the first uh, well we had several ideas on the table but one of them was creating a badge of support from the hockey world to the LGBTQ plus 2S community and and uh, so we went through the inventory of hockey equipment and figured out you know what would be what would, could be a great badge of support and we thought of hockey tape because you know playing the sport uh, growing up, we know that uh, hockey tape is a, is very much an independent ritual for each player taping up their stick before practices and games. So that's where it started. And we knew that, you know, they had repeat patterned hockey tape, you know, with the Hockey Canada logo on it or the Batman logo or what have, or have you. So we thought, well, maybe if they can do that, maybe they can print uh, the six colors of the rainbow end on end and you can create that on your own hockey stick. So uh, we started trying to find out if that could be done, and sure enough, it was. So that's that's where it all began. Uh, I'll say one of the first things, and I talk about this um, some, but one of the first things you always hear when sports fans or 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 there's any, anyone who's resistant to this type of thing will say, "We don't feel like activism belongs in sports, or politics belongs in sports, or issues belong in sports." What's your reaction to that? Why do you feel like it's important to make that connection? It's important to make a connection with everyone in your fan base uh, and let people know that they're welcome in the sport. We had heard too many stories of of young kids dropping out, um, you know, in their early teens, uh, discovering their sexuality and feeling that the, you know, the toxic masculinity that was happening and probably still is happening well, is happening in the in the the locker room culture today um, was something that we felt we we wanted to get behind and address because there was again there was there was people out there who loved the sport, want loved playing the sport, and they didn't feel the that the sport was for them. Uh, I I hate to to say that in some instances it it you know it goes to uh, teen suicide and and of course that's completely unacceptable. So. Uh, we just felt that, you know, that there should be um, everyone in the sport that wants to be in it, and that wasn't the case and isn't the case. And so we felt that there's an opportunity uh, for the hockey world to embrace the LGBTQ uh, plus community as well as, as other groups that just felt that, that hockey wasn't welcoming to them. I will say that um, after the tape was launched, we got incredible support from women's and girls hockey. Uh, they really championed the tape, uh, certainly the BIPOC community uh, teams, uh, multicultural teams uh, across the country and beyond uh, who maybe felt that they weren't welcome in hockey uh, before being a predominantly white male privileged sport that they, that they just didn't feel it was for them. And, and uh, they, they took up the tape as well. Uh, again, to promote inclusion in hockey, and and uh, again, it still remains to be a lot of work ahead of us here. But uh, it's just important that everybody should should feel welcome in in the arenas, or on the streets, or in the parks, or wherever they want to play the game. Well, and realistically, you, when you look at the number of openly gay athletes in major professional sports, hockey included, it's so small when compared. To the percentage of people who are openly gay in other facets of the, of our lives and our world, that there's no way 
that realistically there aren't so many more but just for whatever reason and culture one of the things you mentioned haven't felt comfortable being themselves and coming forward about that in the sporting world do you believe that and why do you think that is the case and what do you have to do to change that well i think the numbers tell us that there's still that that fear of of uh individuals wanting to come out uh on their teams at at any level of the sport or the numbers would be different uh again no uh openly uh gay uh players in the in the nhl right now uh we have luke prokop of of the nashville predators which is uh you know luke is the the first uh professionally signed player that is out um there needs to, you know, hopefully a space for, for more to feel comfortable to do that. But obviously there isn't. And, and again, I think when you see some of the attitudes and you see some of the homophobic language that's still used uh, in and around the arenas and on the ice and in the locker room, uh, we still hear consistently that, that people don't feel safe in the sport. And we, we hear it a lot in uh, minor hockey through the parents. And I think that's where, to, to your question about, you know, how can we change the culture and, and help fix this is, is, is certainly, I think, in the, in the younger ranks in minor hockey and junior uh, hockey. Uh, there's, a, you know, there's some great people out there that, that I always call doing the hard work that are meeting with the junior teams and, and have lived experience uh, with this that are helping, trying to help change the culture. And thankfully, they're there and doing that. We've seen a huge difference just from our existence seven years ago to today, but we have a lot more to go. You know, it's it's maybe a, you know, gross oversimplification, but, you know, I mean, in in, in hockey, we, we it, it's, it's vulgar. We, 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 you know, I mean, we what's the, you know, the, the old, adage that hockey players speak english and vulgarity or uh, profanity mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. and and we do that on the ice you know when we're talking trash we do it in the room when you know we're with our buddies and we're just kind of you know giving them the gears or, or whatnot and it's always it's just frustrating me because you know there's a million words in the english language and i yeah. can find a thousand ways to trash talk either one of you gentlemen without yeah. having to go to that word or that word or that word. It seems like if we could just get over that hump, that 90% of this would, would probably go away. Yeah, I mean, the word, the, the, the terminology casual homophobia, which is, you know, what, what the role of the purpose of nohomophobes.com was, was to address, is that, in my opinion, personally, there's no such thing as casual homophobia. Homophobia is hurtful, no matter what. And, you know, a, a lot of people would be telling us very early on that, well, it doesn't, we don't mean anything by it. It's just chirping. Chirping has existed in the sport forever. And, and, and I agree with Chad uh, 100% that, you know, there's lots of other words there at your disposal. Um, but I think that's where accountability comes in and how important it is for teams and leagues to have, um, you know, take people into account uh, when this language is heard, within this language is, is used. I mean, I'll uh, remember, I think it was just before COVID, um, I was out visiting a, a friend whose son was playing in a Bantam tournament out here in, in West Edmonton. Uh, when, and so teams from all over uh, Western Canada. 
And the first game I was watching, there was, there was a player that used a homophobic slur. Uh, referees heard it, caught it, and he was, he was kicked out for the entire tournament. Like, no questions asked. And, and, and whether it's, you know, there, there has to be, there has to be consequences. Our actions have consequences. Uh, you know, there's, there's still fighting in hockey and people are, are, you know, have to account for their, their behaviors. And I think, you know, language is, is no different, but I agree with you a hundred percent that there's, there's lots of other options. If chirping is, is, is part of the game, there's things that you can say that, that aren't homophobic and hurtful. Uh, you know, and, and, and again, unfortunately, you know, highlight the, the stereotype of, of the culture of hockey that needs to change. I want to I want to circle back around to what you said about you know casual homophobia and and and, and you're 100 percent right, but I mean how much how much of it is we got to have the scales balanced between education rather than you know admonishment and try to you know like like you're saying for the for the guy that you know doesn't doesn't mean anything you know quote unquote by it but you know how do we how do we bring them around with the carrot rather than than the stick yeah i mean i i again believe education is is paramount and again there are people i mean i i'm not the expert uh in this area there there are many that are that 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 again need to be working with the teams the leagues uh need to be working with higher branches hockey canada etc um I see that happening certainly more now than than even two three years ago, but a lot more uh, needs to happen. They're addressing it with you know things like uh, the Carnegie Initiative that just happened this past weekend in Toronto. You know, bringing some of the thought leaders uh, from all areas of hockey together to to, to address uh, things like this. And uh, again, they're they're from from what I hear, there there's there's great. Uh, you know programs in motion to but but that we just have to keep on this and and keep moving forward and and uh again to your point education is is probably the first and most important uh element in this when you know se- 7 years ago you know to 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 the day when when we started this journey you know how how far did you see this developing i mean what when you started partnering with the nhl itself with some of these 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 clubs and junior teams i mean you know what 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 did you envision you know pride tape turning into and 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 how has it been to to see this to watch this all unfold or unroll if you will (laughs) well personally uh i I guess i was pretty naive about the whole journey uh at the beginning because you know a group of us uh, the team sat around and, and talked about, you know, what, what before we, we were engaged uh, by the NHL, uh, we were talking about like with, with most social responsibility projects you work on, what you try and say, what does success look like? And for us, we had, we had no benchmark. Um, we honestly, uh, we had hoped that if this could be done, if the tape could be made, that one person saw it and believed in its messages of support and inclusion that they would use it and then maybe somebody would see that and feel welcome on the ice and in fact that's that's what happened and was recounted to us many times over with 
with members of the LGBTQ community starting up inclusive teams. Uh, there are so many now across North America and beyond. Uh, some of them have, have attributed, you know, Pride Tape to, to helping them start that, which is amazing. Our friends at the Harbor Lights and Southern Lights in Australia, uh, we reached out, uh, they reached out to us, you know, right near the beginning and, and, uh, teams in, in the UK, uh, they just have, they just, uh, they're in the process of having their Pride Week, which extends actually to two weeks. They have 10 teams, which each have an away and a home game. Uh, celebrating pride, celebrating LGBTQ plus and inclusion. They're wearing sweaters, using pride tape, uh, socks, you name it. Great celebrations in every arena. Of course, there's pushback by fans, but they are adamant that this is important. And as far as we've seen and heard from them, that they have uh, universal support across the league. And it's also uh, coincides with friends of ours uh, hockey is, is diversity, uh, out of Berlin, uh, run by Dr. Martin Hayun, who, who was working with, uh, the UK league, the EIHL. And so it's gone global. We send pride tape to over 39 countries now. Um, but to be honest, uh, at the beginning, we had just hoped that maybe a few players thought that this message was important to, to say at any level. Like we didn't think, honestly that the nhl would come on board as as quickly as they did and and the only reason for that is because you know it's it's a big organization and and respectful of of the layers that are there and and how it works but you know our first phone call with them while we were working on our kickstarter campaign they just said you know we don't know how this is going to work guys but we're going to figure it out and we're going to make it work and we're there for you so that kind of support from the NHL, which I've been a fan of since I was a kid, was incredible because I, I kind of got to tell my parents I made the NHL without, without <laughs> being a very bad hockey player for 21 years. You mentioned Luke Prokop, and, you know, it's it's a shame that it's taken this long for there to be uh, an openly gay hockey player at this level. That said, how important is it in your mind that his journey is one you know and not to put pressure on him but the way that people treat him and respond uh, and if that you know if he can move forward and have a quote unquote normal career how important is that in opening in the door for others to feel comfortable to be themselves can it can it be a domino effect you think I hope so I mean it's huge and 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 Luke obviously because of you know being a signed pro contract to the NHL is is one but there there are others that are doing amazing work uh here that that have you know that are pro hockey players whether it's 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 Brock in Ontario that is that was just awarded by the the Carnegie initiative on the weekend who's who's doing great work there's there's uh, John Lee Olson who's a goaltender in Denmark in the pro league that we've spoken to uh, who's out and and I always will remember talking to to John like three or four years ago where he said you know simply I, I tell my story so others have the courage to tell theirs and then there's Zach Sullivan who's an out pro player in the UK and who you know his pictures are all over Instagram and Twitter right now today yesterday the day before as they were last year and the year before I had the privilege of, of meeting uh, uh, Zach on a podcast out of Germany uh a few years ago and and again it's it 
it does take a village. It, 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 it's going to take a lot of those, as you mentioned, dominoes. And, and certainly women's hockey, I, I personally believe, is, is far ahead of where the men's game is as, as far as uh, inclusion and acceptance. And, and we, have, uh, we have some great friends in, in the women's game, again, uh, and girls' game at all levels. And, and again, uh, Luke isn't alone now. And, and hopefully he won't be, you know, moving forward. But the, all of these, we call them champions for change, have done so much good work and continue to do so. And I, I just, you know, as an ally myself, I, I, I still, you know, shake my head sometimes and think of everything that they've had to go through to, to get to where they are today, all to help, you know, those kids coming up and, and hopefully making more space and, and making a more accepting environment in hockey is incredible well you know the further the further you know uh, talk about uh, spend some time with luke prokop i mean you know it's a, it's a cruelty of the calendar that portland's pride night which is kind of inspiring this conversation you know they play seattle the night after mm. and and mm. so you know it's it, it would be interesting to see if you could you know in, include you know, a, a player on the on the the uh, the visiting team is as as part of your you know celebration. But you know, that's I mean, it's a, it's a one a one in a million chance at this particular moment, we and we missed it. But you know, be yeah, you know, the good news is, Chad, is we haven't missed it because um, there's been some incredible moments uh, in, in our journey with Pride Tape. Because I mean, there were certain rules in the NHL. You know, when we started out, I mean, there still are. Obviously, there needs to be. But, um, you know, the Boston Bruins were having their pride night um, years ago. And, you know, the rule at the time was the, the team was celebrating pride and they were using the tape. And, you know, the, the opposing team wasn't using the tape. But the Vancouver Canucks were in town and said, you know, we want to support you and what you're doing. And they just asked if they could borrow some, some tape and put it on. The Edmonton Oilers did that in Toronto. And then Buffalo and Pittsburgh for the last two years have been having joint pride nights where they're celebrating pride in each other's rinks. And then, and then beyond the, you know, the pride night specifically, there have been, I, I mean, I refer to them as heroes, uh, for standing up and speaking out. Uh, but hockey players, uh, pro hockey players like Curtis Gabriel and John Tavares and, and there's been a few others that actually have had tape on their stick when it's not a pride night. Like whatever their relationship is with the community, they feel it's important. It's a very important message. And I think, you know, one of the things that sticks with me the most is, is our friend Andrew Ferentz who helped us launch pride tape. He was captain of the Oilers at the time. And, and he said, you know, one of the great things about pride tape is that everybody has a different relationship with it and for using it and they have their own stories to tell and then and then hopefully when somebody sees it on their stick they ask questions and and again hopefully helping that education factor uh ramp up for, for you know what's needed so so it doesn't it you know the the good news is is that it's pro quality tape it's the same tape that the nhl uses so you know, players can use it on the knob of the stick or the shaft of their stick or, or whatever they choose. And, and some players have chosen to use it uh, even when it isn't a pride night, which ironically makes it stand out even more. Uh, 
obviously one of the elephants in the room on this subject, just because it happened so recently, was everything that happened with the Philadelphia Flyers and Ivan Provorov. And, and that led to a number of different discussions from a number of different angles. Just sort of broadly from your perspective, you know, what's your take on a situation like that, uh, on what participation should be, um, and and how that played out? Well, uh, from my point of view, um, I was, first off, was incredibly disappointed um, that the focus shifted from what the team was doing to one individual. Um, this was the first time in our experience that somebody had publicly decided to, you know, speak out, put the spotlight on them to say that they denounce uh, the Pride Night and the fact that, you know, inclusion in hockey is for everyone is important. Um, so I think, you know, what that says to the community and to any ally that, that cares about, you know, the importance of inclusion, you know, it, it's, it's incredibly disappointing, specifically, I think, when somebody says, you know, this is because of this and that's all I'm going to say about that. So when they say that's all I'm going to say about that and, and, and refuse to answer anybody's questions, you can't help but blame people for, for wondering what is the connection, you know, between religion and the LGBTQ plus community and, and denouncing it. So, you know, there's, as you mentioned, there was lots of different perspectives uh, coming at it from different places. I mean, there's, there's, the difficulty of, you know, what do you do when somebody says they don't want to be a part of a, a team's uh, celebration uh, any night that they host? I mean, to me, it says that they're, uh, you know, that they don't want to be part of the team for that night uh, for whatever the reason is. Um, but sometimes I think we need to hear those reasons a little bit more clearly uh, to understand. And, and I'm not, I'm not sure that that was there. And then I think you know, it's multifaceted where I think the support, um, you know, from the entire team to him maybe should have been reversed where it was like, well, what about his support for the teammates? I mean, you know, Scott Lawton um, and James Van Riemsdyk on the team are probably, from what, from what we've seen, two of the strongest allies in the league over the last seven years. Uh, they've been big supporters of the tape. And they were, you know, they had a, a, an outreach program that evening. I mean, they've been giving away free tickets. They met with the community after the game. And all of that got lost, you know, um, because the spotlight had, had been shifted uh, to the negativity. So I, I, personally, I feel that uh, it's, it's unfortunate that we, we, you know, aren't talking about all the positives uh, that have come about from that night. And, and, and then even, you know, that same night, the Washington Capitals hosted their Pride Night. They didn't have jerseys. Uh, they used the tape, and there was probably about 10 or 11 photos on, on social media of different players using the tape and talking about their support uh, for the community and, and their support for inclusion. Um, now, since the beginning of Pride Tape, we knew very early on by who we were speaking to at all levels of hockey across North America that we weren't going to have universal appeal or support for the tape. And in fact, um, you know, there was only for games that we, we witnessed, there was only one team, which is the Los Angeles Kings who had every player using the tape for warm up. Uh, there are players that opt out and they have their reasons, but 
but it's always been quiet. Uh, there hasn't been the spotlight on one individual saying, I don't want to do this. And there's also been lots of other games over the years uh, in the NHL and at other levels, women's hockey, uh, all levels of the sport, uh, universities, junior leagues uh, that have worn jerseys and used the tape. And and it's 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 been, you know, universal support up until up until this night in Philadelphia. So obviously it, it deserves uh, the spotlight, but it also, I think, as, as we've witnessed this week afterwards, um, a lot of uptake by junior teams um, in Canada, um, reaching out, supporting, wanting to do their own Pride Night, um, more than we expected, to be honest. So again, I, the, the conversation, the education, is important. We've always said that Pride Tape is a conversation starter, and um, that was part of the conversation on Tuesday night, and continues to be. But uh, again, once again, it just proves the fact that we have uh, a long way to go. The consequences, I think, of of what happened, the actions. I mean, that's that's up to the team and the league. So, you know, I, I I won't comment on that. I mean, I could tell you what I think personally, but that that you know, that's not going to change anything. Uh, and and I, I understand where people come from the the conversation point of saying you can't force people to to do this or that or feel this or that way. That said, the thing that strikes me whenever something like this comes up with this subject in particular is are we more permissive of opting out on when it comes to this community than if we're, if it were any number of other ones? You know, whether it's military or, or race based or, you know, whatever kind of fundraiser or support nights or that kind of thing you're thinking of, um, you know, is it indicative of, of the work that has to be done that we are maybe a little more willing to let people have this supposed different stance on this subject than we are on others? Well, I, w- I would definitely agree with you there. Um the answer, the short answer is yes, uh, because we've seen it um, at all of the the pride nights that we've been a part of, um, and it's 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 incredibly disappointing and unfortunate that that there that there isn't that uh, universal love uh, for the community. But you know, as it, you don't have to go too far on Twitter or or social media to see the hate and see the divisiveness out there. Um, Around this issue, around the community, and and other things. I mean, we we certainly don't want to get into, uh, you know, a larger picture of the state of the nation and where we are as a society. But it, it certainly certainly shows us that it, it's incredibly divisive, and and it's unfortunate that 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 we think that distilling it down into simplest terms of love is hate, or sorry, love is love, and love versus hate. Um, you know that I, I just I just a lot of times wish it was easier, but it's it, it's very difficult, and we we have those difficult conversations every day, and and so do everyone else that's working in this space trying to to move the needle. It's some oftentimes, I mean, we would say working with Pride Tape for the last seven years, we 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 sometimes say three steps forward, two steps back, and that's that's really horrible thing to have to say or admit but we are still moving one step ahead and 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 hopefully that will grow exponentially 
And like I said, the difference be- now between what we see in the Pride Games and the Pride events to what we were seeing seven years ago, it is night and day. Um, we are in a better we are in a better place because there's a lot of great people out there doing great work. Um, you know, talking to the younger kids at the junior level and 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 having those hard, uncomfortable conversations. Uh, we are not. Uh, again, we are that conversation starter. Um, but we're thankful for, for the people that are out there that are that that are doing the hard work. Well, the you know, circle back to, to Sean's point. I mean, you know, in, in Spokane, you know, last weekend we had military night and you know, I mean it yeah, what what would the what would the backlash be? I mean, I guess I don't want to devolve into a series of what aboutisms, but I mean, what would the backlash be if, if you said, I, I, I don't support what the military is doing? I mean, you know, here in, in the States, I mean, the, the, we had the Iraq war for, you know, 20 years. It was a long ordeal. A lot mm-hmm. of people didn't support it. And, but, you know, when, when it's time to, you know, when we have the Star Spangled Banner before, you know, every hockey game, you, 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 you go with it. With, you know, and, and, and the backlash to, I mean, we've seen what the backlash is for, you know, uh, not you know uh, observing the anthem in, in in your own way and so to you know i mean or or even or even you know cancer night or cancer you know month in the in the national football league i mean it it would be you know no one's ever going to not support the cancer night but what if you did i mean there would be there would be no end of backlash you know what i mean so it's kind of mm-hmm. but you know but w- guys get a pass you know on on uh on not supporting these initiatives it seems like yeah i mean we talked about that quite a bit you know after tuesday and you know my i'm 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 proud that my dad was in the canadian military in the air force uh for for my whole life growing up and and i just couldn't imagine you know uh going to an arena and having people not support it um but like you said i'm sure there's people in the arena that don't support it that don't support war or military and and uh you know that's that's their prerogative but but again do you, like the point of what you're saying is do you do you go with what your teammate and your team is supporting on the night or do you take a pass and and again uh with the tape the tape has always been optional it was never mandatory so there wasn't every player using it in the um in the arena which or sorry for the team but you know uh were we disappointed by that for sure when we went into an arena and maybe saw eight out of the 20 players repping the tape that that was really disappointing early on there were players that were using excuses like well it's it's not it's not the tape i use in a game so I, I want to swap it out really quick so somebody would go on with the tape on their stick they'd do a lap and they swap their stick out well it's it's the exact same tape made by the same manufacturer that makes the tape for the NHL so that's that's not a, a really viable excuse in my in my opinion um, however what we've done because I I wouldn't say that we were forced to but you, you go with what you got and we celebrated the people that used it, you know, like uh, especially players who who told us that they maybe don't support it, but they used it on their sticks in warm up anyway. So I guess to your point is, is 
is, is should you get that universal support because it's what your your team or your you know the the other players are doing again i don't know not not for me to say because i'm not the one stepping up and saying i choose not to use it but what we wanted to do was celebrate the people that were doing you know were, were those allies that that are that are standing up and and having the courage to say we support the lgbtq plus community and and we believe in inclusion and i think we saw that you know with certainly all the clips from from the nhl teams uh after tuesday and and what a lot of the what all of the players uh who were interviewed said that that they believe they believe in this and they believe that uh, the locker room needs to be inclusive and an accepting space and a safe space for everyone. So, you know, uh, have we moved the needle? Yes. Do we need to do a lot more? Absolutely. Um, but again, it was it was always our conscious decision from the beginning to create a badge of support that we could highlight, focus, and celebrate because we knew that. Uh, early on that not everybody was going to use it and if we felt that that took away from the message we would have folded our tent and not come out with the tape and and I think actually we'd be a lot further behind uh, today because of how much support we've we've received from the grassroots hockey community and what they believe in and how they're growing the sport so like I said we, we, we knew everybody wasn't going to use it um, but we pushed ahead anyway because we wanted to celebrate uh, the visibility of the support for the community and for inclusion. Sometimes people will say about any social justice issue like this, you know, can't you be happy with the progress you've made, whether it's women's rights or, or you know, uh, racism or homophobia or any number of subjects. And I, I think it's important to, to sort of touch on that. I can hear you are grateful very grateful in to those who have picked this up and the growth that you've had but you can't um, be complacent about that right because as long as there's any of it then it's not a welcome enough environment for someone to feel comfortable to be themselves in that environment right it's you can have 80% pickup but if there's 20% hate and I'm not saying anyone not participating hates necessarily but I'm just saying if that hate still exists it's still very tough to create the kind of inclusive environment you need, isn't it? Yes, uh, I mean it's a, it's it's a great point, Sean. Because um, you know, one of the other things we we learned a lot. We still have a lot to learn. Um, but one of the things that we discovered over the course of the seven years is is how important character is to a player and a team's organization's growth. Um, you know, what's interesting for me, being an old guy and playing a long time ago just you know minor hockey but having some friends that that are in the pros um seeing now how much character is important even even i would say more than talent i think talent is table stakes now and a couple of examples of that is is like you know when i was growing up you know my heroes were you know bobby clark and bob nystrom and bernie perron which gives you a tip off to how old i am but uh you know, back then it was, you know, what's their say, you know, what's their goals against average? Uh, which way do they shoot? How many goals do they have? How many Stanley Cups do they win? Now, with, you know, with social media and just all of the 
outlets, including including yours, which is which is awesome. Is there's more digging into the character of the players and and you know kids. You know, I was reading an article on the plane uh, in the hockey news about one of the the Quinn brothers and and uh, you know it was it wasn't there was not there was hardly anything in the whole article about hockey. It was all about personal you know interests and and. Uh, you know, now it's it's just as important to see what these players stand for. You know, not only what they had for breakfast or what type of sneaker they wear, but what type of social causes do they do they follow and and support? And you know, we see that with the calendars with the players and and their local SPCA. And you know, this stuff matters. It, they look they look up to these players, and and they're in a lot of instances they're heroes. So you know. A lot of players have told us and will tell the public that they, you know, they have a platform and they want to use it. And I think that's that's fantastic and it's important. And, um, you know, if they can teach these these kids growing up through the game that that character is important, how you treat your fellow teammates is incredibly important. Then then I, I think they should take every opportunity to do that to help to help grow the game in a, in a, in a, in a very positive way. Well, in in some ways, Jeff, you've you've described this this show. I mean, we we also just talk about you know goals and assists for the most part, but you know there are times when when we want to use you know this platform to to push organ donation for Green Shirt Day and push you know Hockey Gives Blood, which you know also came out of Humboldt and 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 you know and and, and shows like this where it's not really what we do, but if we have a platform, if it's a discussion that's that's topical and Again, you know, with the, the 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 Philadelphia game here last week, and then you know Portland's game here coming up this weekend. I mean, you know, it seems like maybe a good time to to ex- explore some of these these other other subjects that are maybe you know in in reality or you know more important than you know if how how you're whipping the puck on the power play. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and 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 I think to grow it, you got to connect all the dots too, right? Like you know it's 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 great to have a pride night it's great to have the players wear those badges of support but but you know having those those local pride groups on the concourse educating people outreach talking to folks you know i was i was fortunate enough to to be able to go down to the the pride game in pittsburgh and and just just take it in as a fan and and uh see all the incredible support uh, in the fans and around the concourse um, and, and but but again, just getting to meet those people that are doing the hard work in the community uh, that are that are making the, the sport more accepting. Um, it's it's just uh, you gotta you gotta have all those touch points, uh, or you get what what some people will refer to, which we've seen uh, is is rainbow washing. You know, it's not it's not good enough to to change you know your logo to rainbow. And say we support inclusion, and we we support our LGBTQ plus fans. You you got to do more than that. You gotta you got to engage um, your local inclusive hockey team, support them, promote them, um, and just work with them and and all of the hockey community. I mean, if it's sometimes say you know if hockey is for everyone, it's going to take all of us, and um, and and that's that's the hard work that lays ahead because we're, we're a ways away from that yet, but there's, 
you know, there's some incredible teams uh, at all levels around the world that we've seen again over 39 countries um, that are that are that are doing great work. I mean, we we've sent orders of of tape. People have requested the tape in Russia. It's a little scary over there with with what you know what's happening to to people. So, you know, um, but there there are people that 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 believe in what we believe in or what the the tape represents all over the globe and and we just are trying to do our part to to help facilitate that so i mean they're they're really the the heroes here like you know one of the lines that we say all the time is is just we make tape you make it powerful you know the credit goes to to everyone that's that's willing whether it's in warm-up or their game i mean i've had friends that use the tape in in rec hockey like beer league hockey you know that that get homophobic slurs um, you know, yelled at them as as allies, and you know, it, it's just it's it's still out there. But I I commend uh, those folks, my friends, and others that that use the tape um, because of what it stands for. Well, and, and this may this may be an unfair line of thought. I'm not sure, but part of the thing, part of the issue that you're going to deal with, and especially coming out of what happened last week when somebody grows up in a religion, in a belief system, and they believe, like it seems, this player did, that participating goes against their religious values. How how do you bridge that gap, you think? Because there are going to be people, you know, and no one's, no one's standing here saying you shouldn't believe, in, you, should, you should give up your faith. No one's standing here saying that. So how do you bridge that gap with people in sports who have a hard time making that leap so that while they want to maintain their faith, their belief system, and their values, they can still be welcoming and supportive to that community, to the fans, to the to potential teammates. You know what I, do you kind of get what I'm, I'm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've heard exactly what you just said. We've heard that from locker rooms again at all levels. Uh, from pro players that have used the tape and had players uh, come up to them and ask them, "Why are you using that? Why do you stand with with this with the the community?" and 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 they respond and and try and educate these folks that that you know that are against it, and that's that's what it takes is these these hard conversations. Um, and and what we've seen as well is sometimes w- what it takes is is uh, you know uh, understanding a, a, a friend, a family member, a, a coworker, uh, you know, having somebody close to you that's having you know that's that's a part of the LGBTQ community and and living with all of this, a lot of this hatred and and. Uh, you know, trying to, to, to understand and, and, uh, help them and, and, and make the place a, a better place. It, it help make the world better. You, it, it's, it's just again, educating yourself and, and, uh, helping educate others. And again, you're not going to get, for whatever reason, you're not going to get that, um, 100% buy-in, which we wish there was but you're not and and oftentimes what we say to ourselves because we're a a very small handful of volunteers uh running and organizing pride tape that 
you you can't react or or respond to to everyone out there uh, that wants to engage. We wish we could, um, but from a volunteer perspective, we we can do so much, and we often tell ourselves we got to go where the love is. Like we we gotta like there's times where you're just going up uh, against a brick wall and you're not going to get through to some people. Uh, so you gotta you gotta go where you, you think you can. Uh, make some headway and and help educate and and uh, work with those others that that are doing the same and but it's yeah it's it's a it, it, it's a tough it's a tough road uh, you know to to combat those you know those thought processes of of how somebody can just either dislike or hate another person. I'll tell you a, a, a quick story that, that happened a number of years ago on a Pride Night. I think it was the Tampa Bay Lightning. And on Twitter, there was an individual, uh, I think, again, citing religion uh, for their for their belief system. And and they, they basically were saying that uh, the LGBTQ plus community shouldn't exist. They should be wiped off the face of the earth. And somebody responded to that by saying, you don't even know me. Why, why don't you like me? Like, like, what did I do to you? And it was a it was a rather long text thread that at one point uh, the homophobic person said, you know, started breaking down and saying, "I'm sorry. I grew up this way um, in my household. Uh, this is our religion, and you know, I, I grew to to, to hate uh, the community, and and I'm sorry." Like they actually apologized at the end of the thread, and it and it worked out uh, positively at the end. Now you don't always get that, or you rarely get that, unfortunately. Um, but that was a breakthrough by somebody standing up for their community and and not understanding, acknowledging what the connection between religion and hate was. Like if religion tells us to to love one another. Um, where where does the hate come from? So that was you know that that was a pretty strong emotional uh, pull for me, and uh, it was at that time very early on that I that I must admit getting very weighted down um, with all the hatred out there, especially on on Twitter is is, is because again you, you're just wanting to to make the the sport and society a better place and and I couldn't really understand where all this hate was coming from uh, so there were times where I just had to unplug and, and and get away from it but then another thing that was helpful was just really going to the support and going to the love that was out there uh, from the community and from allies that that felt the same way I did and just look at chipping away and trying to to make the game and the sport more accepting and inclusive as as I went or as we go and 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 again try and look for those breakthroughs um on an individual basis rather than uh widespread and and again i I go back to the tape and i think one of the things that we didn't see early on or didn't expect to see early on was the strength of the individual taping up their own stick and them creating the rainbow on the stick rather than a team sanctioned you know, uh, badge of support. I remember seeing it, I believe it was Kevin Hayes when he was at the Rangers a number of years ago and the NHL sent a video and it was, it was the dressing room. It was very quiet. It was low light and he was just taping up his stick with pride tape 
and you could just hear the, all you could hear was just the unfurling of the tape. And it was, it was a powerful image, uh, for me. And it was the first time I realized like, that's where the strength is here is the individual and the allies stepping up and supporting the community. And it wasn't even necessarily all of them, you know, skating around, uh, during warmup. Uh, although that was, uh, you know, seeing the LA Kings do that, I was rated ice level. I was unfortunate. I was, or sorry, I was fortunate to see the the, the warm up where all of them used the tape, um, and and again, it was uh, it was really important to to see that. And and I know that I talked to some fans and talked to them about how they felt about it, and and just hearing their perspective and the importance it, uh, for them uh, was a good feeling. And 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 hopefully, you know, we can we can try and do more of that. Well, and I don't want to get off on a huge soapbox on this but I, I do feel like you can both show support for inclusion and saying you are welcome here and maintain your own private belief system without contradicting it in my mind because well, I, I agree with you 100% Sean I mean I, I wish we could have you go out there and talk to all the dressing rooms as well because you know I, I feel the same way you know, it's maybe just a, I don't know, uh, some housekeeping, but, you know, Jeff, I, I just want to clarify, I don't think we've talked about it on air, but um, you guys aren't really making money off of this. This isn't, this isn't you know, for, for anybody that thinks this is just a, uh, a hustle to, to sell tape, you know, it's, uh, that's, that's not really, that's not really what the, 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 the plan is here with, uh, with this organization, is it? No, we've uh, we've uh, given away more tape uh, than we've sold for sure. Um, but we've also had some help, and you know, so yeah, there's uh, some money coming out of our pockets here to to make this happen. But you know what? It's it's worth it, and uh, the friendships I've made, we've made, um, the partnerships is is it's just really important. Um, you know. At, yeah, at this point, you're right. It's it's uh, we've ended up giving away more tape uh, to people, and we, we try not to say that too much because everybody will want tape, and they're and they're very deserving. But a, a lot of groups pay for tape, and and the NHL uh, certainly has has been a big help uh, with us all the way through, uh, supporting us. And and uh, but yeah, it's it's, it's, a, it's a small. Uh, there's five of us at the core um, that volunteer for this, and and we all have day jobs uh, off the, the the corner of our desk. We do this. We'd like to do more of this for sure um, because it's incredibly rewarding, and we've seen we've seen the differences we've we've made out there with others um, through grassroots through to pro. I mean that, like I said earlier, I mean the intent for this was always to be a grassroots initiative and try and help the game along at, at the minor hockey league levels, just because we thought naively that, you know, we're, it, we're just, we're just a handful of folks that want to do something here and we want to do something good. And, and we just didn't think that we would, we would be able to knock on doors and, and get support from a high level uh, at leagues. But, but uh, we, we have had incredible support, as I mentioned earlier, across the globe, from leagues that just that, that that always tell us or ask us what can we do what can we do to help so uh yeah i mean we're a small group but but uh we're so much bigger now because of because of everyone out there that that 
that wants to use the tape and support it. And again, I'll, I'll rephrase, you know, we make tape and, and you make it powerful. So, you know, both of you, uh, Sean and Chad, like reaching out to me to be a part of your show is, is a huge, uh, honor. And we, we never take any of this lightly. It, again, this is about accountability. It's also about visibility, um, and, and amplification and the fact that you're willing to amplify, you know, what we're doing is is really what it's all about well and you mentioned being an ally and i think that's an important thing to, to note um not just specifically about you but in any of these types of causes sometimes there's a perception that you have to be in the community um to to take roles like this uh and and actually sometimes it's just as powerful if you're not, but you're willing to step up and, and support that way. Uh, I know myself, I, I joined the Pride Committee in Southwest Saskatchewan here. I'm not as active as I'd like to be, but I, I think those kinds of steps, you know, if you're someone out there who is supportive, considers themselves supportive, wants to help more, contribute more, don't shy away from it because that step can be really meaningful because it can be exhausting to both live it and have to be the advocate. So if you're willing to step up and 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 be a part of that support, um, that can be really meaningful, I think. And you you're, you mentioned the players who've done that, uh, who aren't in the community, and, and that's really meaningful. That that can have a long term effect. But uh, yeah, but back to what I said about you know Andrew's comment about everybody has a different relationship to the tape and to the community, and and oftentimes it's you know family members. We again have. Of members of the NHL that that use the tape um, on their stick every game because you know they have someone very close to them uh, that are LGBTQ and uh, it matters to them and you know I mentioned our core group of five uh, three of us are allies two are uh, members of the community and and uh, they happen to be you know the leaders of the, of the group that that got all this started and and. Um, I, I think, you know, it's just, again, my personal opinion that I, that I think that it needs to be the allies doing the work, a lot of the hard work. I mean, it's, it's important for, for everyone to, to, to stand up for their, you know, it's just it's human beings, it's human rights, and they need to stick up for their, their, you know, the, the people that they care about and, and people that they haven't met yet. You know, I've met so many amazing people, uh, members of the community and allies through this process. And, and I often, you know, said, you know, years ago, like, you know, probably when Pride Tape was starting, you know, as, as an older person, I used to say, Oh, friends I got. I don't, I don't need any new friends. I, I, I got my core group of friends. I'm, I'm happy. Uh, and it's like, that's such a silly thing to say. Um, because I have met so many, I have so many new friends through, uh, the creation of Pride Tape um, from from all over the world, um, you know, LGBTQ plus players, um, officials, coaches, and allies. And uh, I'm I, I actually feel like you know I mentioned that we're we're doing off this off the corner of our desks, and we have real jobs, day jobs that we love, but. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's a big undertaking sometimes. We do get faced with a lot of hate as well, but uh, I wouldn't change it. I, I feel that we're we're incredibly fortunate to have met um, 
all the people that are doing really, really great things out there. People that are doing, again, in the schools, in the classrooms and on the ice, like the, the on ice programs that they're, that they're doing not only around the LGBTQ plus community, but all other, uh, types of hockey, making hockey is for everyone and working with, with young people and making the game more accessible. That was originally the conversation, the first conversation that we had with the NHL is that, that we, we will all collectively want to make this sport more accessible and, and make it open and available to the people who love it. The sport should love them back. And that's, that's really what it comes down to for me is, you know, are we, are we trying to grow the game or not? You know, I mean, you know, I, when I go to, well, when I go to pride night against Swift current on Friday night, you know, we're going to, we've got 10,000 seats in there. We're not going to fill it, you know, like, are, are we trying to grow the game? I mean, when when we have World Juniors, you know, and we have 10 times the population and can't find the goal scorers, you know, when we play Canada, well, yeah. we got to get sticks in these kids' hands. Like, you know, we got yeah. we to we keep moving the, you know, moving the ball, which is the wrong sport analogy there. But, you know, and, and so to me, it's whatever, whatever we can do to, you know, it – old and old and white and male as you know you can you can do that and and we've had success with that for 100 years but you know you're really limiting yourself on on you know bringing in you know the the, the everyone else that falls outside of those that, those criteria yeah i think a big again a big part of it for, for me is is access you know uh we uh have just put out uh, again separate from from pride tape uh through our friends uh, at the NHL, we've just put out a children's book uh, called Who's Hockey? And it's based on the NHL's Declaration of Principles and chipping off the first of eight. Uh, the first one is acceptance. So uh, we were asked by the Vancouver Canucks to do an activation on their concourse uh, before Christmas. And we have an eight foot by eight foot, we call it our living book cover wall, uh, which just has a stick celebration on the cover. There's no, there's no kids. There's no people on the cover. It's just the sticks. And some have pride tape. Some have white tape. Some have black tape. But, um, what we did is, is we handed out the books to some fans, to parents and the kids, you know, you know, roughly in the ages between three and eight who it's intended for. And, you know, what was really interesting and exciting, uh, for me was, you know, uh, Everybody, we, we, everybody wanted their picture. Everybody that got a book wanted their picture in front of this living book cover wall. And it was, it was parents and their kids. It was girlfriends. It was boyfriends, girlfriends. It was from all different, uh, backgrounds. It was, it was as diverse as I've, I've seen, um, in, in any arena. Uh, and maybe because I haven't been in many uh, lately, but the fan base was incredible. And, you know, we sent the pictures off to the NHL. And then from there, they asked us to come and do the same thing with the, the kids from the Rangers Islanders Devils programs at their, their new flagship uh, store at the base of their new headquarters in New York. So that was in December and that was really fun. But, you know, there's a lot of objectivity to the term hockey is for everyone and everybody has a different feel on it or a different take or a vibe and and for me it's a mission statement it's it's an objective it's it's it may not be hockey is for everyone right now um but it's something that we're striving for 
And I will tell you that I personally feel that when it comes to the fans, hockey is for everyone. I believe that, that, you know, those, those folks that, that maybe haven't had access to the game before are, are getting it now because there are great programs. I mean, there's a, there's a great, uh, inner city. Well, actually, it's a citywide program called Free Play for Kids. Uh, which is an after-school care uh, program that introduces kids to all types of sports. We've we've worked with Tim and his group on uh, on, on the hockey program, and and you know to your point, Chad. I mean, it's just you're right. It's got to get the sticks in the hands of these kids, and and it doesn't have to be ice hockey because we know that it has a history of being t- uh, difficult to play and expensive to play. And that's why it was important that our that uh, the first book that addressed uh, acceptance as the Declaration of Principles. It was important that our hero Cam, which stands for Canada and America, um, was actually playing street hockey rather than ice hockey. Again, accessibility. And, and you mentioned uh, it being a mission statement. I think that's a great way to look at it because, like everybody said, nobody. Nobody believes that you can suddenly change everything overnight as much as you right. wish as you could. But at the same time, you want to have a goal in mind or otherwise while you're doing it. And, and to me, you know, we want it to be a place where if you walk into that dressing room, whether you're 10 or 15 or 27 or 48, that you can walk into that dressing room being comfortable being who you are you know and feeling like you belong being your true authentic self and until until it's like that then there's work right i mean it, the work doesn't stop so that's just that's just and it's nowhere close at the moment so you know the huge strides that have been made are, are wonderful and that's why it's important to keep an eye on a mission statement like that that you mentioned. You know, a, a goal like that, it's it can't just be a catchphrase. It has to be, what are they doing? What is everybody in the sport doing to get us to the point where it really is for everyone, so that nobody feels like just for being who they are that they're uncomfortable or don't belong in that environment. Right. And yeah, again, Sean, I absolutely agree with everything you're saying. Um, but you know, it's an optimistic statement and I think we need optimism. I sometimes get criticized for, for, for being too positive or not looking at, you know, the darker side of the, the rainbow and, and, uh, you know, but, I, and I've seen stories or sorry, heard stories out there. Um, but there's a lot that are hopeful. And, you know, we had talked and had a line at one point and reached out to some, some people again doing, doing the hard work that, that, that spoke about what they thought the future of hockey was. And because I was feeling that when we were talking to a lot of the younger people, the line is with the brightness of the tape is, is that our future is brighter. I, I think that, I think the kids today are in a better place than they were. This certainly a lot better place than when I was growing up. Um, and, and, and oftentimes, you know, a lot of the, the negative stories that we do here are with the parents, not with the kids, unfortunately. I mean, there's, 
There's one uh, really unfortunate story uh, that's heartbreaking is, is you know, when one, uh, one young girl came out, um, I think at 14 years old and was playing on a traveling team. And, and uh, when hearing that, the other parents, not the kids, but the parents of the other kids went to the dad and, and said, we don't want her on the team anymore because we don't want her you know, traveling and, you know, being in the swimming pool with the girls and traveling or changing in the same room. And, and so for a bit until she fortunately found a better team to, to play with, she changed in the next room by herself. And that's sickening, you know, um, that, that that's happening. And it wasn't, it wasn't coming from the kids. It's coming from the parents. And that's not the only story, um, like that, that we've heard. So, but the one thing that we do hear from the parents uh, when we, you know, there's been times where we've reached out to parents who have talked about incidents with uh, their kids with the tape uh, in, in, in some instances, negative, uh, negative things happening to their kids. The first thing that they always say to us is, please, please, please don't stop doing what you're doing. And, you know, uh, just really opening up here to you both. I mean, there have been times where we really question, you know, should we keep doing this? Can we keep doing this? But it's the parents and it's stories like this and, and other people that, that are doing great work that, that keep us going, keep us motivated. And uh, again, this week, you know, Tuesday night in Philadelphia was incredibly negative, but the uptake since has been nothing but supportive and and people now wanting to do more which quite honestly was was not what i thought would happen i thought it would actually be the opposite um but thankfully people uh you know still feel that there's a lot of work to do and, and are willing to do it which is incredible i mean in in junior in provincial junior in bc this week there's a there's a pride night coming out they got some tape and there's a pride night coming up at the end of this month and the gm you know got descended upon with 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 tons of hatred and they simply said um you know if this is the way you feel and this is the type of hate you want to bring into our building we'll gladly give you your season ticket money back and i just think that that's you know that's what we need we need people to to stand up and speak out and and oftentimes that needs to be allies but you 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 said there, there are moments where you go, you're hopeless, and then something will surprise you. I mean, I, I moved here to small town, Prairie, Saskatchewan, in 2010, and I remember having a discussion about the idea of a, a pride crosswalk here in 2012, 2013, um, and and sort of, you know, <sighs> scoffing, going, "There's no way that'll ever happen, that that mm-hmm. it would ever be allowed," and then it did. And there was some vandalism, there was some pushback, but for the most part, people were overwhelmingly supportive. And, and so, when when you feel yourself going that oh, there's no way this can happen, and then you see that it can, the capacity for acceptance and and growth and and care and all of that stuff can touch you and, and remind you, I think, I mean, I'm sure you've experienced that lots in this journey. But it's possible. The greatest thing, well, not there's been lots of great things. Thank you, Chad. Uh, the creativity 
of the fan base has been amazing. Like what they were doing very early on, like uh, for example, when Evander Kane was with the Buffalo Sabres, he was the first player to cut up the tape and put it in his numbers, his number set on the back of his jersey for warm up. Uh, because there were no pride jerseys back then. He made his own. Uh, fans were doing the same. Um, people started wrapping axe handles and bicycle handlebars and balcony railings and you name it, like hundreds of things. We would get a lot of messages saying, well, I don't play hockey or, or sports at all, you know, but I, but I believe in its message. Can I have some tape and, and, uh, you know, this week we, we received a message from, uh, a dog sled kennel up in Yukon, Canada, uh, with the pride tape on the handle of the dog sled. I mean, it, it, or on the handle of, of a generator. Um, it, it's been, it's been really wonderful. It's been the creativity of the fan base that believes in this message to use the tape as a tool, as that, as that badge of support uh has kept us has kept us going again in the dark days there's always someone that comes out and you know there's there's our friends uh in the states that fought you know that there was a, there was a minor hockey organization that wanted to ban the tape uh, because they didn't believe in its its message um didn't give reasons why but anyway um a mother and son went and fought it you know, uh, went to the board and, and said, we want to use it. And, and it was overturned and, and other kids, uh, used it and, and, and better messages of inclusion were, were getting out there. And, and that was, uh, really amazing. Uh, the other thing I will say to this too, is that when we first engaged with the league, uh, again, they've been nothing but incredibly supportive, wonderful partners. Um, you know, we were told that, you know, try not you know try and kind of temper your optimism a little bit though you know there'll be players that, that maybe don't want to use it there may even be clubs that won't necessarily be ready to participate in a pride night and and uh what happened was is there were uh, there were markets that that some people believed wouldn't be supportive whether it was geography based or whatever i don't know but um they were the first teams to call and 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 those were the first teams to to have incredible fan base support it was you know it was it was quite different what what people's expectations were and i will say it's it's branched off thanks to the nhl who introduced us to major league baseball and minor league baseball and although they don't usually use tape uh they were using tape uh for those for that visibility like a, in a batting practice and uh, just before COVID, we, we did a campaign uh, that we created with them called Strikeout Hate. And um, I think there was something like over 80 teams at the time um, that, that used the tape. Uh, we received a wonderful research package for them on how all the Pride Nights went. And uh, it was unanimous positivity. They were filling ballparks. They, they had, uh, they, of course, there was some hate, but, but not even close to what the expectations were. So again, uh, overcoming, uh, stereotypes has, has been a big part of this as well. Like the, the world is not necessarily what we think it is. Uh, when we, when we see the spotlight on the negativity, there's tons of positivity that, that offset, offset those actions.
Well, Jeff, we've had you for for quite some time. Probably uh, probably about time to wrap a bow on this particular <laughs> okay. episode. Do you do you have any other uh, any other topics you want to bring up? I know I should have brought up the book. I forgot to, and then and then you you saved me on that. You got any, no, any okay. other things we want to touch on before we call it a night? No, I just again want to thank you both. Uh, amplification is the number one uh, imperative to the amplification and education. And I think what you're doing, I think, you know, certainly the points you made are, are, are spot on. And, and uh, I know we, we all know that we have a lot of work to do, but, but I'm, I'm grateful that you're doing a lot of it. So thank you. How can people get Pride Tape? Uh, they can get Pride Tape. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it at Sport Check, some Canadian tires, your source for sports in Canada. Uh, in the United States, it's, you know, it's pure hockey, um, uh, pro, uh, pro hockey in, in Canada. And, uh, so pretty much, you know, where you can buy your hockey tape. And if you can't find it in your local store, uh, you can, you can try Amazon and, and get it there as well. All right, Jeff. Well, we appreciate your time. Thank you, guys. And uh, hopefully we'll have a chance to meet at a game uh, sometime in person.